It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. Your hosts for this journey over the next eh, hour or less, somewhere around there, to talk about Raiders football. Mo Moten, he's the national NFL senior writer over at Bleacher Report. Also, the Raiders columnist up at sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, on Twitter. My name is Scott Branson. I'm your co-host. You can follow me on Twitter at LV Gull. You can also catch my work at Sportsnot. And also, Mo, just a little a bit of a tiny little announcement. My friend Mario Tovar at Raider Ramble, I'm wearing the shirt on TV today, has, has coaxed me into doing some writing over there as well, too. So I'm going to be helping out Mario and doing some content for Raider Ramble as well. What the heck? And it's going to be fun. Yes, it's going to be focused on what we do here on the show, too. So it'll kind of build off of Silver and Black today as well. So, so, so Mario goes behind my back and steals <laughs> my co-host. For for some writing responsibilities, uh, yeah, just slide Mario. I got yeah, you. I got you, Mario. He's he's All coming right. after you. Um, and but but yeah, it'll be that'll be some video and stuff like that. We're gonna have fun. That'll be fun. That'll be kind of for for those of you who don't don't necessarily like some of my points of view on the Raiders, <laughs> you'll you'll love it because I'm gonna be that's gonna be kind of my bombastic outlet, where I'll be oh, a little a little bit more provocative. Oh man. Yes, I'm getting in shape so I could be more provocative. No, okay. So it'll, but it'll be fun. But anyway, that's us, <laughs> and and so it begins today, Mo. It is time the rookies show up in Henderson today on Thursday, July twentieth, for the start of rookie camp. Then, of course, in five days, the veterans will show up as well. So we're finally at the stage where there's actually guys. Now I know it's not real exciting at the beginning. But we're in camp. That means, in essence, Mo, the season has officially started. How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good. The condiment wars are over. We can maybe <laughs> get past uh, some of the Derek Carr debates that have gone on indirectly and directly. Of course, that's not going to happen. Uh, I think there. a shout, shout out to Anastasia who emailed us about that. It's, it's yes. not going away. The Derek Carter Bates are not going away, by the way. They will continue. But we can kind of focus on what the team is doing instead of what players, former Raider players, are doing elsewhere. That's correct. Yes. And not only that, but we can switch from being obsessed about Derek Carr to being obsessed about Josh Jacobs coming to camp <laughs> and uh, whether Jimmy G can stay healthy. But we'll get into that later. But the let's get into I know we've talked a lot about over the last couple of shows, but since we uh, went, uh, um, ugh, excuse me, guys, I got to wait. Let me drink some more coffee. OK, it's early morning. Get mm -hmm. it together, Scott. OK, there we go. Sorry about that, folks. Um, 
since we last talked to you uh, on Tuesday, of course, we we saw the deadline pass. Josh Jacobs did not reach an agreement with the Raiders. This has created a lot of passion. Uh, we hear running backs in the NFL are in these little chat groups talking about what they're going to do to help each other. Really strange to me. It's like, what are you going to do? You have a contract or you don't have a contract. You have the CBA. I just don't understand it. Any, It just blows my mind that they're getting all upset about it. Uh, and then you have people saying, well, hey, tell your kids not to play running back when they're playing peewee football or when they get into college. Hey, that's your choice. I get it. Makes sense. But the latest fallout on Josh Jacobs, you see it in the fan base. You know, I, I was actually surprised. I didn't I thought the the blowback on the Raiders, fair or not, because we've talked about it ad nauseum, uh, was lighter than I anticipated. A lot of people, I think, are in the same boat. We have always been in, Mo, which is the two truths, right, which is, hey, Josh Jacobs deserves a raise, but the Raiders made the best football decision for the organization by not committing to a long-term contract for him. So so you kind of get that sense. I think that's sunk in pretty well with people. And I think the anxiety over Josh Jacobs isn't now. It's going to be as you approach the last week of camp heading into um, uh, the, the season and heading into week one. Does he show up for week one, which we all believe he will. It's in his best interest to do so. But I think that's really where we're at. And and while it'll bring up and people will talk, call it drama and all this kind of stuff, it's really just kind of what we've seen over the course of several seasons with other players as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think once you get over the initial emotion of wanting to pay the player because you want to keep your top players, like I said, I, I understand that. But I made I made a point yesterday that the Raiders won six games with him at his best. Right. Oh, yeah. And I know fans will, some fans will, and some people will push back and say, well, if you keep him and, and improve the defense, you'll win more games. And I, and I also get that. But as I said yesterday on the podcast, as I said Wednesday, I, I believe it was, or Tuesday, whatever the case is, but <laughs> the Raiders probably are banking on Josh Jacobs showing up to the team anyway, or not showing to a training camp, but reporting to the team eventually because. He has no real advantage of sitting out a year, and I and I alluded to it a little bit on yesterday's podcast that if prime running backs are not getting paid the deals that they want mm-hmm. while active, coming off some of their best seasons, Austin Eckler leading the league in touchdowns over the last two years, Josh Jacobs winning the rushing title, uh, Dalvin Cook being a four-time Pro Bowler, Joe Mixon being a Pro Bowl running back, having to take a pay cut to stay in Cincinnati. If those guys are having to take a, having to take pay cuts. You know, not not getting pay raises that they want. What makes you think you're going to get what you want after taking a year off and playing football? It just doesn't make sense. You're not going to increase your stock by not playing. So Josh Jacobs, now he may have a plan in mind where he's going to sit out anyway. and He's going to do it for the bigger picture. Remember his cryptic tweet? He said sometimes Mm -hmm. you do things for the people behind you. He may really believe that. He may go go along and sit out games, and that's up to him. But what I'm saying is from a – realistic perspective from a big picture perspective you're looking at the market and you're looking at what running backs are paid and how they're and how they're handled in today's nfl he's not going to increase his stock by sitting out and and jordan reed of, of espn made a good point and i believe you retweeted it too and you saw it mm-hmm. running back is the only position in the nfl where their best years are tied to their rookie contract right so think about that quarterbacks get better over time they age well usually if they're top-ranked players. Edge rushers get better over time. They 
pro bowler to all pro player to defensive player of the year, some of them. Running back is the one position where it's like, okay, their best years are their first four or five years. And after that, you're like, I don't want to pay a running back again. So how many times have I said, running, how many running backs score big on the free agent market twice? The yeah. list starts and yeah. ends with, with zero. I, I can't think of one right now. And that that's, right. the, that's again, as Jordan Reed said of ESPN, that's the one position where it's unique, where you're getting your best on that rookie deal. And after that, you're not willing to pay them. And for those who have scored on that second contract, Ezekiel Elliott, haven't panned out, right? Because we see after year six, an incredible drop off a cliff. We've gone over it on the show here a couple times. After years five and six, there's a little peak. There's been a few guys who have had a great year six, but after that, it's, it's a no man's land. Now, there's always an outlier, but if I'm a team and I got to manage the salary cap and I got to rebuild a roster, I'm not committing to years six, seven, and eight with a running back when I can go draft a guy on a rookie contract. Again, the most valuable thing in the NFL is a starter on a rookie contract. So that is what it is, I guess. That's exactly, uh, I think, what Saquon Barkley said, right? Uh, after, after he didn't come to a deal. Yeah, exactly. And so that, that's the case of where we're at. Now, over the course of this show, when we get to segment two, we're going to talk about big question marks going into camp. And then, of course, we're going to get to your mailbag in segment three. But I wanted to start off, too, with a kind of an expectations uh, discussion, right? You talked about uh, on Tuesday that fans maybe should temper their expectations. The ones that are seemingly doing that might be in a better mental state as like week four, five, and six roll around. But my question for you, Mo, are low expectations of this team – a blessing or not? Like, is it the point where, hey, this team's going to have low expectations? I watched a couple NFL Network pieces on the Raiders and Garoppolo over the last few days. All of them, I would not call them negative. What I would call them is, hey, this team's a long way from being really competitive is kind of the way they phrased it. Not saying that they would be bad and terrible, but instead saying, look, there's a lot of question marks. Jimmy G's going to be there. And yes, he's got the, the relationship with McDaniels. And yes, that could work to their advantage. But can their defense stop anybody? So, so you look at that, and as a fan, as we head into camp, everybody's excited today. From those expectations, should fans have low expectations and be surprised, or do you think fans just need to feel the way they feel? Fans just need to feel the way they feel. I, I say this a lot on Twitter. I say this a lot on this show. I'm not going to tell a fan how to fan. I'm not going to tell a fan how to feel, what they should feel, how they should think about their football team. You know, I, I and I know a lot of positive fans listen to the show, like just when Wendy and a lot of others mm -hmm. who listen to the show and, and, and listen to it for hope because they hear a lot of negativity. And they're tired of hearing the negativity. But I, what I will say is that what I will give you is honesty. I'm not here. to. I'll say this again. I said this last week. I'm not here to tell you everything is going to be OK. Everything is rosy. The Raiders are going 12 and 5 and potentially compete for a Super Bowl. If I tell you I think the Raiders are going to compete for the playoffs or a Super Bowl, I really mean it. I'm not saying it just to get you to listen to the show or listen to me or follow my Twitter account. I'm being completely honest. But with that said, I'm not going to tell fans, this is how you should feel about your football team, the team that you invest your money in, your time and your emotion in. That's, that's you. However you want to feel about the Raiders and their expectations, that's on you. I'm telling you what my opinion is. And if I'm if if you're of the rational state and not just going to be optimistic, I'm telling you you should temper your expectations based based on 
what's going on right now because there are major question marks. Even if Jimmy G is healthy, healthy enough to go and train in camp, we have to understand that he's missed 18 games in the last three years, so there's a chance that he could start the season healthy and end it on injured reserve. Josh Jacobs, as I said, though I expect Josh Jacobs to report to the team at some point before week one, he may not. Yeah. Tyree Wilson is recovering from a foot injury. Their top draft pick. I like the pick, but I understood the risk with him coming off of a foot injury. We'll see how quick or how slow he gets out of the gate. That's another question mark with Chandler Jones being 33 years old. The Raiders need that pass rush and that defense to step mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this too. Raider fans... For whatever reason, I, I always feel as though they are really tuned into and care about what the national media has to say about the team, right? They get very upset that the Raiders don't get respect when they deserve respect. And so last year, Mo, last year, the media was gaga over the Raiders. They really liked what the Raiders were going to do. Remember, they they were picked to be uh, near the top of the AFC West with the Chiefs. Rich Eisen went on and on about how the Chiefs, you know, or the, the 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 Raiders could upend the Chiefs and the Raiders could be a surprise pick to make the, the AFC championship. I mean, he went that far and then everybody got burned. So I think you also have to look at that is there was high expectations for this team last year and and they crapped the bed because of those those late game collapses again. And so what ends up happening is now the media is like, hey, you burned me once. <laughs> you're not going to burn me twice. So I think that's why you'll see, even if the Raiders start making some progress, I, I just I just want to tell our listeners and viewers out there that I think that you'll start to, it's going to be a hard year to, to find good, positive things about the Raiders unless something goes completely nuts and somebody's doing so well that you can't deny it. I'll say this, and I speak from experience of covering different football teams and being very close to the Jets fan base, as many listeners know. Uh, I, I don't I don't think the whole media hate thing is specific to the Raiders fan base. I think teams, fans of teams that have struggled or haven't played well in recent right. years, especially for long periods, tend to get after the media a lot more. I know Jets fans are very hard on the media because the Jets have been crapped on for the past oh. you know, decade. They haven't made the playoffs since 2010, and the media is consistently dogging them. And now they have Aaron Rodgers. Jets fans are saying, I don't want the media on our side. The media has been talking about us for the past 10, 12 years. We don't need the media's support. <laughs> I, I hear, I heard this when I covered the Giants for a short period, and the Giants weren't good between their Super Bowl wins. Giants fans were like, well, the media is crapping on us. And I, and I, think, I think it's a thing where if you – if you are a fan of a team that has struggled and the media mm. tells you your team stinks, yeah. you don't want to hear that from the outside. You'll mm-hmm. take it from other fans as you're talking, sitting with a pal, having a beer at the bar, or having food at a lounge or a restaurant. But you don't want other people telling you your team sucks. It's kind of like a family <laughs> thing, right? You yes. don't want people saying your uncle is a drunk. You know your right. uncle is a drunk, but you don't want other people but telling he's your you. drunk. Right. But you right. don't want other people telling you That's or right. talking about your dear uncle who's a drunk. That's right. That's how it is. And, you know, so many workplaces now on Fridays, you know, they have Jersey Day and all that stuff. You don't yeah. want to roll into that jersey in your office, whether you're in Texas or New York or wherever you're at, in your Raiders jersey and people are like, <laughs> Raiders, yeah. you know. So so I get that piece of it. Yeah. But I think I think that the low expectations, the media is going to have low expectations. Now, the Raiders, and, and we have a mailbag that we'll get to later. Somebody wrote in about this. But but. To me, you're in a perfect position. You're in a perfect position to surprise everybody. Now, everything has to work and kind of fire on all cylinders for this team, I think, 
to to surprise people to where it's something like the Raiders weren't, you know, we picked the Raiders for four wins and now they're going to win nine or 10 games and be in the playoffs. It'll take a lot to get there. We'll talk about some of those questions in the next segment. We talked about camp, but that's what I always say is, is don't have low expectations and don't have really high expectations. Just be real. Watch your team. Enjoy. And that's first of all, that's what football's about. And I know what fanatic means. I, I Raider nation has the best fans of any, any sports team in the world. So they're very passionate. And like every other group and subculture out there, Mo, you got people who are overly negative. You know, they could, they're, they start practice two minutes late and it's like the season's over. Or there's some people who think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Now, I'll, I'll rather side with the optimist than the pessimist. But don't worry about the fringe groups. Just watch your team. Enjoy your team. When they don't do well, yeah, you're not going to feel good about it. When they do well, enjoy that. Watch the growth. And I think that's that's my advice to out there. And we're going to talk about it all season long, of course. And we want them to do really well because it makes our job a lot easier. But I think don't have very low expectations, which everybody, some people do. The fire Josh McDaniels crowd, the the people who want a new owner, all that kind of stuff. It's it's a constant feeding of negative. Just stay away from those people. You mentioned our good friend Wendy out in the Bay Area. She's a great example of of somebody who just stays even keeled. She's not happy when things go poorly. But she's always got something positive to take away from it. And to me, that's just a better way to live. Uh, here's my one piece of advice for Raider fans listening. Just take it one week at a time. There because you go. We, we, we just don't know what's going to happen. Injuries happen, trade, deadline, all types of stuff. Things that we don't expect to happen, happen. Like Who had the Jaguars going from last to winning a playoff game and upsetting the Chargers after falling behind by like three touchdowns? So, <laughs> you, you know, just take it one week at a time because none of us actually know what's going to happen. We could tell you what nope. we think. Yeah. We could tell you what our opinion is. We give you a forecast of what we think, but no one knows. So just sit back and enjoy the show and buckle up. Absolutely. Well said. We're going to end it there for this segment. When we come back, Mo and I are going to get into some questions we have and that you should have heading into camp, which begins for the rookies today on Raiders Way out in Henderson, Nevada. Not Nevada, Nevada. For those of you who are saying it wrong, you're welcome. But we're going to come back right after these words here on Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast here with Mo and Scott. Don't go anywhere. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Today it starts, everybody. It is the start of training camp. Rookies report in Henderson for the Raiders, and we are here to talk about that. We're here to talk about training camp, the veterans report in five days. You are with Mo Moten. He is the national senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. I am Scott Branson, your co-host. 
You can follow Mo on Twitter if you dare. If you can handle all the food takes, some of them might upset you, especially you cheesecake lovers. Uh, at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, the show, S-N-B today. So there you go. We're back. We're talking about camp. Okay, Mo, we start talking about questions rolling in the camp. The Raiders, who, as I'm looking now at the graphic that I typed on YouTube, if you're watching us on YouTube, I spelled Raiders wrong in the first sentence. Yeah. Of course. The Radiers. The Radiers. But anyway, the biggest Raiders questions in camp. We're going to talk about those now because, Mo, there's a lot of them heading into camp for this team. We've been talking about it for months now uh, leading up to it because we knew what there. We saw what the Raiders did in the draft. They addressed some of those issues. We don't know Tyree Wilson, the injury. We don't know how that'll pan out. We think he'll be fine over time, but we certainly don't know what it's going to be like at the beginning of the season. When you look at this, I want to get to you. Let's start with what is the biggest question? heading into camp for in your mind i have mine and i'll get to that in a second but i want to start with you mo when you see this team rolling in there uh and they start working out and getting on that hot desert field it was 117 in vegas yesterday um what do you feel is the biggest question for this team heading in how does jimmy g look when he gets on the practice field because if he's gimpy still do the raiders go out and sign a veteran quarterback or they do they trust brian hoyer or eventually Aiden Connell enough to take over if Jimmy G isn't healthy to start the season or if they feel like he can't finish the season. Now, a lot of people are going to say Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, and I get that. But I think the Josh Jacobs deadline for me is one week before week one. So that's around September 3rd because the race first game, the season open against Denver is September 10th. Mm-hmm. So as Vic Tafer of the Athletics said, we're not going to see Josh Jacobs for a while. So let's put Josh Jacobs out of our minds for a second and just deal with the players who are active and who are going to be present at training camp. And to me, it starts and ends with Jimmy G because if Jimmy G gets to camp and he's still not a hundred percent, fans are going to get a little bit nervous because you know why that means Brian Hoyer has a chance to start the season under center. And you, you don't want to roll into the season with Brian Hoyer. That's not a way to get fans excited for the 2023 <laughs> season. It's just not because we all know, Aiden O'Connell is probably not going to be ready unless he pulls something like a Derek Carr where he took over the starting, will prove that he was worth starting over a veteran, Matt Schaub. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Aiden Connell will be that. Maybe he surprises me. Uh, a lot of fans are still yelling Chase Garbers. I could see people are probably in the chat right now. What about Chase Garbers? Chase Garbers is not going to start again. <laughs> and I will, and as I said on Twitter, I will eat a piece of cheesecake if Chase Garbers starts one NFL game this season. Not in the XFL, not in the USFL, not in the Canadian Football League. One game, if he starts in the NFL, if he starts one game, I will eat cheesecake on the show. But it all starts and ends, <laughs> as I said, with Jimmy G, because if he's good to go, then there's some optimism that maybe the Raiders can rattle off a 500 record and maybe sneak into the playoffs. But as I said, you're always worried about him in the middle of the season, finishing a year because of his injury track record. That's right. And and I agree with you there. In fact, I'm going to go a step further and say really that to me, the entire season hinges on whether Jimmy Garoppolo can be not only an effective quarterback, Mo, but stay healthy. Right. So to me, and, and not only that, but if you look at this and, and I've said it a couple of times that um, the GM and the coach, most like most mostly Josh McDaniels, the coach, we agree that we think he'll get year three no matter what happens. Right. But at the same time, I think that his entire career with the Raiders is going to hinge on Garoppolo and what he's able to do. And to me, that's a big deal. 
So because he's 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 banking on it, the franchise is banking on it. Again, they're not looking at Jimmy Garoppolo as their their franchise quarterback four or five years from now. We know that this is the the case, but for the interim time and for the this this period to where they want to be back to being a playoff team, they need him. And if he doesn't do well, to me, and I know it's crazy because the defense has got got to get better, and and it's not one player. We went through the last three years of the tumult with Derek Carr. Is he staying? Is he going? Is he staying? Is he going? Do I love him? Do I hate him? We went through all that jazz with the car wars. We understand that. And then you switch it out for a quarterback who you're uncertain about. So so for, for Raider Nation out there, I feel for them because I understand the skepticism. You and I have the same skepticism, mostly based on injury, not on talent. Uh, and then – that they've put all again it's the vegas thing they've put all their chips in that corner on the glass man on jimmy g and so to me mo if this goes south even if the defense improves the only thing that could rescue them in that situation to me is if if garoppolo doesn't stay healthy and can't get it going for this team is if aiden o'connell somehow is a diamond in the rough now I'm starting to change my view of him a little bit. I've been watching a little more film. I haven't even told you about this. I've been watching because I'm trying to give it because I was making fun of the Aiden O'Connell pick, to be to be frank with you. I actually think there's something there. Whether or not they can develop him is a different story. But to me, outside of him, if if Jimmy G goes down and they turn to the kid because it's late in the season or it's past the midway and they're pretty much out of contention and he lights it up, great. If he doesn't, Boy, it could be a really rough back half of the season or whenever Garoppolo, if he does go down, and we hope he doesn't, we want him to stay healthy. Um, it's just going to be a really sensitive piece, Mo. And it's sort of like you're, 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 you're skating on ice and you just hope there's nothing thin ahead as you start to make your turn. Here's my thing. I'll, I'll, I want to piggyback off your point about Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. Right? I. I the Aiden O'Connell pick bothers me because I feel like Josh McDaniels is still living in the early 2000s where <laughs> the pocket passing quarterback was the thing to, to draft. And to me, he has to his 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 idea of the ideal quarterback has to evolve with the times. Now your teams are drafting court, preferred draft quarterbacks who can move in the pocket. That's the weakest area of Aiden O'Connell's game is that he can't really move in the pocket. So he's at the mercy of his offensive line virtually every game. If his offensive line isn't good, he's going to struggle, especially as a young quarterback. But what I say about Jimmy G going to him, and he also needs an offensive line because he's not the most mobile. Now he can bootleg out and he has some mobility there, but he's not gonna he's not gonna take off, he's not gonna outrun any defenders. And and with his injury history, you worry about that. But what I will say is aside from his injury history, I, I do think Jimmy G is a middling quarterback. Mm -hmm. Aside from my concerns about can he stay healthy, I just didn't see enough from him in San Francisco. And I've watched a lot of 49er games because they're on TV a whole lot because they're a, play they're a perennial playoff contender. You just don't see a lot from Jimmy G. He's there to, to manage the offense, manage. Right. Make, make the right throws, not turn the ball over, and make sure he doesn't put his team in bad situations. But if you're down 21-0, if you're down 17-0, Jimmy G is not the guy that's going to bring you back from a deep deficit. Right. So the Raiders right. have to avoid, with especially with their defense, they have to avoid falling behind early because Jimmy G, as we've said, is not going to sling the ball over the football field and bring you back. And that's why that was my one argument of why 
you need a Josh Jacobs to kind of keep the opposing team's offense off the field if they're rolling because the defense hasn't been hasn't proved to be able to do that in recent years for the Raiders. Right, and Mo, this is why I say this bet is everything for Josh McDaniel. Everything. I'm mean, including the Jimmy the Jimmy G bet is everything because you hit on something so vital there, which is quarterbacks today being able to be mobile in the pocket. Jimmy G is not that. Aiden O'Connell, even though I'm starting to like his skill set, he's a slinger, by the way. He can throw the ball. But to your mm-hmm. point, not a guy who's going – he's not Josh Allen. He's not going to run around the pocket like Josh Allen or even Justin Herbert in L.A. He's not going to he, – he's not as, as, as mobile as those guys even. And I'm not saying that they light the world up. They're not, it's not like they're Lamar Jackson. But at the same time, if you look at that, this becomes then, and for those of you who want Josh McDaniels fired, you're going to love what I say here, which is if, if, if this goes south, then it's an indictment on not only McDaniels as a coach, but also his system. Because if, if he's going to get a quarterback to run that system and that quarterback can't be successful, can't stay healthy, or you drafted the wrong kind of player, or that system just doesn't work like it used to, then why are you there? Right? Why are you there? Why are you running that offense if it's if it's from 20 years ago and it no longer is effective as it was in the NFL? You don't have Tom Brady and it's not 2010. So if that's the case, then you, then you'd have to blow it up. I mean, I don't know that he would make a year 3 if this really really goes south, meaning that he blows leads again, the system shows its its faults and then you don't have the right players there because listen, you're going to be in the same position you were this year. Now, Mo, I would say this. If the Raiders went all in and were able to get C.J. Stroud or they were able to move up and get Bryce Young, whoever their guy might have been, then we're having a different conversation. They have that quarterback. But right now, and and, and for my, my Catholic brothers, fellow Catholic brothers and sisters out there, you'll get this. You're in purgatory. You mentioned it a couple shows ago. You're in purgatory right now. You're kind of rebuilding, but you're not terrible, okay, at least heading into the season. So you're, you're in that no man's land of, uh, okay, yeah, we'll have some success, but not enough to, to win a championship. And then you got to get a quarterback. So what are you going to do? We posted the poll about would you trade Devontae Adams, uh, Max Crosby, or both, and a lot of people got angry at me for posting that. But it's a legitimate <laughs> question because if, if this season goes south, you got to get a quarterback, man. And, yes, you can say, well, you don't trade a defensive end in the prime of his career. Max Crosby's beloved, all that kind of stuff. I get that. I'm not saying they should. I'm saying you might have to consider it. And you brought up a good point about when John Gruden got with the Raiders. He did exact, the exact same thing. When John Gruden walked in the door, if I told fans, hey, John Gruden's going to come back and he's going <laughs> to trade Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, fans would have lost their you-know-what yes. hearing that and, before he walked yes. in the door. But that's exactly yes. what happened. And when you have a regime that comes in and they inherit players, not to say they don't understand that Max Crosby and Devontae Adams Oh, Max Crosby is great. They didn't inherit Devontae Adams. They actually traded for him when they got there. But when a regime understands that they're not close to competing for a playoff spot, mm-hmm. drastic measures. I, right. I Again, I, I'm not saying trade Max Crosby and trade Devontae Adams. But what I am saying is that if Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, Cooper could be traded within months of each other, it could happen again if this regime – face plants under Josh McDaniels and he has to come up with a plan to completely rebuild this roster. Again, I wouldn't recommend it, No, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't yes. be surprised if you start to hear trade chatter if the Raiders win three, go, go, let's say they go five and 12, but they can't get the quarterback that they want in next year's draft. 
Correct. And and people have to remember, too, by the way, we had about 1,300 votes. And, and for those of you who said, why the hell are people even voting on this? <laughs> I thought that was the funniest response. There were, wow. Yeah, there, there, were, there were a lot of people who just said no. And I respect that. Why didn't you give us an option? No, that was the point. You have no the option is do you trade one, <laughs> trade the other or trade both? It's a hard decision. I get it. But and of course, the Devonte Adams was the highest uh, number. I think it was 77 percent. Then the next percentage was actually trade both. And then no, you know, the, the Max Crosby on his home was like three percent. Right. Nobody wants to trade Max Crosby. Wait, wait, that's that. shocking to me. So more people said they would trade Devonte Adams. Correct. Than Max Crosby. Yeah, I guess fact, I guess it's, I, I guess it's. I'll say this. I guess it's because one, Max Crosby is younger, and Devontae Ad one, and Devontae Adams has already come out and kind of criticized the front office, so he's yeah. more likely to be moved than yep. Max Crosby because Devontae Adams probably wants to win a Super Bowl before he retires. Yeah. So the question was if the Raiders could get the number one overall pick in the draft for a quarterback in 2024 draft, would you do the following? Would you do the following? Trade Max Crosby only four percent. Trade Devontae Adams 77%. Wow. So between That's the two, between the two, Raider fans have obviously spoken. And, and it's also understandable, though, because Max Crosby's homegrown talent, draft pick, the whole thing, right. nothing against Devontae Adams, of course. Um, and then possibly trade was almost at 19%. So, and I heard from people, too, who said, listen, I love both those guys, and I, I don't want them to be traded, but if we go out and win two or three games – there's no way we're going to be a Super Bowl team by the time Devontae Adams gets towards the end of his contract. Mm -hmm. uh, and Max Crosby, I'd like to see him go somewhere else where he could win because he deserves it because he's such a hell of a guy. So you understand that. I, again, I'm not advocating for it either. I'm just saying that that's why, to me, this year, it all hinges on Jimmy G and Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler's plan. If that doesn't come together, that's my biggest question going into camp. And you mentioned it is, does he get on the field and is he limpy or uh, gimpy? Um, and to me, that's what it, I know. It's I know the defense has got to get better. There's all these other question marks, and we're going to get to those here. But to me, that's the crux of it all. Is if Jimmy G can't be a consistent bridge quarterback, this franchise is in big, big trouble. Okay, go. You got something else to close on? Yeah, just to give a quick background on this. Before Scott fell on the sword and, and put the poll out, I was the one who posed the question to Scott off air. I said, if the Raiders wanted to get their quarterback of choice. Would fans be willing to give up either Devontae Adams or Max Crosby to get the quarterback, to get their franchise quarterback in next year's draft? That's yes. that's how I pose it to Scott. Again, I'm not yes. saying the Raiders should trade one of their two best players, but what yes. I'm saying is if you can get the quarterback of your future and it looks like he's going to be a promising transcendent talent, would you give up Max Crosby or Devontae Adams to get that quarterback? Yes, I think that's a, a fair question. And a lot of people, by the way, and a lot of people, um, and, and I appreciate you talking about that, Mo, because a lot of people called me an idiot for posing the question. So now they know we're both idiots. Um, no. <laughs> I, I, I think really quick, though, I think when you put a Twitter poll up, when you put a tweet out, people just read the tweet and they react to it. But they a lot <laughs> is. is lost in context of, of when is. something is said or tweeted that once you hear the reasoning behind it, then it's more understandable and digestible for people who are seeing it. Yes. And a lot of people, that's clickbait, it's clickbait. No, it's a poll. It's not clickbait. Clickbait is when you see a headline that says, you know, your mother's a queen. And you're like, what? And you click on it and then you get there and it's an ad for a, 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 a trailer park or something, right? So so that's clickbait. Oh, Just so for those gosh. of you who need to know what clickbait is. Otherwise, if, it, if you think it's a stupid poll, you could certainly tell me that. And a lot of you did. <laughs> you know? 
again, I don't mind. Now, the, the people who lose their crap over it, I don't understand why you would you would get so upset over a poll, even if you think it's stupid. Like I see stupid stuff. I just go past it. I don't respond to it. But anyway, but we had a lot of great responses too, and a lot of great discussion. All right, Mo, let's get to your second question for camp. What's the second biggest question you have heading into uh, camp today in Las Vegas slash Henderson? What are the Raiders going to do about the cornerback position? For a while, we've been hearing that Marcus Peters seems like the Raiders are going to sign him. Hasn't happened yet as of, what is this, Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Uh, the Raiders yeah. still have a pretty young secondary. They're rolling with Nate Hobbs, Amik Robertson, David Long Jr., Duke Shelley, Ja'Korian Bennett. That, that group is, again, relatively young. Some of those guys very inexperienced. Does Marcus Peters join at some point? Because if he doesn't, that means the Raiders are banking on one of the young guys to step up along with Nate Hobbs, take on a, a primary role in the secondary. And that's going to be key because you're in a division now with teams that have pretty good wide receiver corps or a top-tier quarterback. Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. I know they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore, but he put up big numbers without Tyreek Hill last year. The Chargers, they got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen still there. They drafted Quentin Je Johnston in the first round, another wide receiver. The Denver Broncos have a packed wide receiver group. Patrick, uh, Tim Patrick is coming back. Jerry Judy's still there. Cortland Sutton. So the Raiders, if their defense, if they can't get to the quarterback on the front end, they're going to have to be able to stop people in the back end. And I'm curious as to what they do with the cornerback position if Marcus Peters doesn't join them at training camp at some point. Yes, and I did have a little birdie. I won't call them a source because I haven't verified that said that Marcus Peters will sign with the Raiders uh, as camp begins. We'll see if that comes true. I have not verified that. So you want to classify it as a rumor or something, but they have five days from today before veterans have to report. And even then Marcus Peters, yeah, new team. The chances that he gets through a full camp anyway are pretty slim. I would imagine he'll sign towards the beginning it and maybe show up after a week if, if he signs. Um, but, but to me that that's it. And that goes to my question. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking, maybe you're, you're at, you're at 10,000 feet. I'm looking maybe at 50,000 feet. But it's, but it's the battles on the defense that's a question mark for me. Who's going to win out inside? Who's going to win out there? And, and if Tyree Wilson, that's a question. It's part of the defense. I'm kind of grouping some stuff together here. Uh, but the defensive end position, I think Chandler Jones will bounce back. I said a couple weeks ago that I think Chandler Jones in, in the beginning of the season is going to be much more important than later when Tyree Wilson probably gets into playing shape, learns the defense, uh, and and gets back to full health. And so to me, that's a big question. But the battles, Mo, on this defense, who's going to win inside? Who's going to win at that defensive end position? What are they going to do at linebacker, for Christ's sake? Uh, all that stuff, to me, there's so many questions on the defense that I'm going to be fascinated to see. And our friends that are cover the team on the ground, Vic and Vinny and all those guys, I'm going to be interested to see what trickles out of camp and Henderson and our own David Stepanian, by the way, our correspondent, former producer is going to be there at camp. So he's going to get us some stuff, which will be great. So he'll give us some insight as well. But to me, that's the big question mark is what is the defense going to do? Cause I really believe if this defense is as bad as it's been going through three or four weeks of the season, Patrick Graham could be gone pretty quickly. That's a question. A lot of fans have asked me if the Raiders, face plant and they go they win three or four games it could patrick graham be used as a scapegoat and i would say i wouldn't even use the term scapegoat if the raiders defense is is poor he's part of the problem he's Absolutely. not the scapegoat Correct. he's part of the problem and a lot of people were questioning was, was he going to be fired last year and i believe it was josh mcdaniels had to step to the podium and basically say patrick graham's job is safe when a when a coach does that 
Usually that means that there was some, you know, there's some talks about what we're going to do with the defense because if it doesn't improve, we got to make some changes. But definitely I think Patrick Graham is on the hot seat at the Raiders, specifically their defense, uh, you know, struggles with the guys that they have because now we've had two years now of drafting. I know they didn't have their first and second round pick last year, but, you know, they expected Neil Farrell Jr. to be a rotational player. We'll see what happens this year. I know he has some motivation. They drafted Matthew Butler. I know he didn't really show up on the field, but they drafted those guys expecting them to be at least depth of rotational players. If they don't even make the roster over some veterans that they added, it leads you to some question marks about, you know, how good of a defensive coordinator is Patrick Graham and how do players fit into his system? We'll see when it, as the camp rolls around, as the season rolls around. Yeah. And those battles and we'll, we'll obviously as camp begins uh, next week for veterans after a few days and they start uh, actually doing things. And then later when they put the pads on, when it really matters, uh, we'll start to talk about that because it's going to be interesting to see how those battles play out. And then you have the coaching situation as well. Um, and then you look at other questions, Mo, uh, what sticks out to you? I have a third one as well, and it's around a specific player I'll get to in a second, but I want to hear you. you you're talking about cornerback, what they're going to do there. We talked about Jimmy G. What about number three? What's the third biggest question for you heading into camp? Third biggest question for me, and I know fans are tired of hearing this, what happens with Hunter Renfro? Oh, that was mine too. So I, mean, I, wavelength. I, I hate to, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but we all know the deal. They draft yeah. Trey Tucker. They add Jacoby Myers, who plays in the slot. DeAndre Carter is on the roster as well. He plays in the slot. Is Hunter Renfro going to stay or go? Now, we've had some emailers who come after me and said, I thought you said Hunter Renfro was going to be traded. I still believe that's <laughs> going to happen. It may not happen during the offseason. may happen before, right before week one because, as I said, in recent years around roster cuts, and now this year there's only one cut-down day from 90 to 53, there have been mm-hmm. trades right before the right before week one of the season, right around roster cuts where teams are finalizing their rosters. I think that's a point we have to look at as far as could they move Hunter Renfro? Could a team then show interest in Hunter Renfro because they had an injury at the wide receiver position? If Hunter Renfro stays, how big is his role going to be? Is he going to be in, in the starting set for three wide receivers or is he going to fade into the background behind Trey Tucker, behind DeAndre Carter or Jacoby Myers? while someone else starts on the outside. To me, that's a that's a big question because they did pay Hunter Renfro a new contract mm. last year. And for him to be a backup this year, it's a big change. It's a big change, and it's so funny, too. So you guys know, like, Mo and I will say, okay, we're going to talk about biggest questions, and we don't tell each other before we go on. That's why we can get a, a, a reaction. But obviously, two of our three are exactly the same, which is good. I mean, because that, that shows we're on the same plane here. And not only that, but it, it's 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 kind of evident by what the Raiders are going through. But yeah. the Hunter Renfro question will be interesting because, yes, does he win out, number one, and, and keep that slot position with that competition and with those guys in there, especially as much as you guys all hate it? Yes, the Patriot connection is there. We all know it. It's real. And that obviously comes in with Jacoby Myers. So So you look at that. And you say, will he be on the roster by the 10th? And to me, that's one of the biggest questions. And to see how he reacts to it as well, because they will get the players up at the podium. Uh, and we haven't heard from Hunter Renfro, right, since the end of the season. And so I know that there will be some questions. We'll get our own David Stepanian to ask the question about, hey, they brought in a lot of slot guys. What do you feel about that? Of course, you're not going to say, hey, do you think you're going to be traded? Some people may <laughs> ask that question. But there's other uh, diplomatic ways of getting to the same question. For those of you who think that reporters should just, you know, pretend like they're on Twitter and say things that are 
ridiculous sometimes. But no, you ask the question and we'll certainly get that. But to me, that's it. 3A for me, Mo, just to add a little bit of a wrinkle here, is how does that offensive line end up? How does the offensive line really position out? We, we talked about uh, J- Jermaine Illuminor, who looks like he's kind of built himself into that starting right tackle. But then at the guard positions, do they move anything around? Do we see a new center? Do we not see a new center? Obviously, with the deals, it, it points to no. But, but I'm interested to see what happens there and who kind of uh, jumps up. Is there going to be a surprise there? Do they add another body in camp? It's going to be, to me, fascinating because, again, all of you have this idea that the Raiders' offensive line is terrible. And it started off rocky last year, but it got much, much better. You look at the numbers, they prove it out over the course of the season. And so, Mo, to me, that's going to be another fascinating story to watch to see how they do now going into year two as a unit, kind of at least somewhat settled. And then do they add some depth there uh, in case of injury? Cause you usually need it in the NFL. This is how I think it pans out for the offensive line. I'm pretty confident in this personnel grouping mm-hmm. from left to right. Colton Miller, Dylan Parham, yeah. Andre James, Greg Van Roten, who they signed mm-hmm. recently. And then Jermaine Illuminar. I think that's how it shakes out for the offensive line. I, Shout out to Alex Bars. I don't want to give him any more crap than I've given him on the show. <laughs> I just don't think he's a starter in the NFL. I think he's a he could be a pretty good backup. Yeah. I think Greg Van Roten wins that position better at right guard. And I think that's the only position to me that's up for grabs because Andre James, I know there was whispers that Dylan Parr would move to center. Hasn't happened. Andre James mm-hmm. is still on the roster. It seems that those guys are setting their spots. Plus, Colt Miller is setting his spot left tackle. Jermaine Illuminar, as you mentioned, played well as a starter in his first full year as a starter. So I think right guard is the only position to me that's the question mark, and I think Greg Van Roten wins that spot at training camp. And you want, if, if for for those of you who know too a lot about offensive lines, you want that unit to be cohesive and to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Mm-hmm. Jermaine Illuminar talked about his own play being consistent, but also the line, especially you have a quarterback coming in, a new quarterback. So you want that line to be solidified when he hits the field in week one. And so I think that I think the Van Roten point is well taken because you're adding a veteran and he's very good up front okay maybe he's not an all pro but at the same time he's a veteran he knows how to communicate really well and so with a guy like jimmy g he's going to fit in really well with that line i think and so to me the line gets better now can they go out and address some depth they have some there to your point um and and whether or not you like alex bars or not he's there uh, and uh, they have some other things, in, including um, um, some rookies and stuff that they'll bring in, undrafted guys. I think they have one or two. So so we'll see how it all pans out. But to me, those are the big question marks. What are your question marks, Raider Nation, about this team heading into camp for next week's Mailbag Show? Make sure you send in uh, your questions or your predictions, and that is mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. If you want to tweet at us, you can. You can see our handles on the screens, if you're watching, it's LV Gully for me. It's Mo Moton for Mo, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. The show is SNB Today. Also, drop comments or questions into the YouTube comments here, and we can pull them from there as well. Okay, we're going to hit our final break here. When we come back, uh, we're going to get to your questions for this week. Some good stuff in the mailbag that uh, I'm sure we'll enjoy here on Silver and Black today. He is Mo. I am Scott. This is Silver and Black Today. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's the home stretch here on Silver and Black today, the Thursday edition on this 20th of July, 2023. I like that the year, Mo, has gone so fast because it means we're closer to football. 
There's that side of it. But holy crap, has the year gone by fat? I cannot believe that we are almost in August. Before you know it, you and I are going to be in heaven because fall will roll, roll around. We can put a jacket back on. We don't have to worry about the humidity and the heat. Mm -hmm. uh, but man, time is flying by. Yeah, I, if you know me well, you know I'm not a guy who loves the summer. Between <laughs> mosquitoes eating my flesh and the humidity in New York City <laughs> between July and August, not a fan. Um, I do enjoy having a lighter schedule because it allows me to kind of dig into rosters across the league because as a lot of people know, I cover the entire league, not just the Raiders. So it gives me a chance to kind of catch up on what teams have done or what they plan to do in the upcoming yeah. season. But I'm excited for, for preseason. A lot of fans don't say that unless they're attending a game. Yeah. But to me, the preseason is our first kind of taste of the actual of actual football action. We're kind of getting into into rhythm. We get Murph back on. Yes. He was at a game last year or two where he had some strong reactions to it. And of course, the Rays went 4-0 and there was some optimism. So there's some fun in that preseason stretch. Yes, and he's going to be out at the 49er Raiders preseason game with nice. our good friends uh, over at Raider Dad, great charity. Uh, nice. Of course, the the One Nation Foundation has grouped up mm -hmm. with Raider Dad, so make sure you that's check great. them out and give where you can. Um, but yeah, that's going to be interesting. By the way, when you talk about mosquitoes, like I think people think about New York City. Now we know the parks in in New York City, of course, Central Park. Most people are familiar with. There's other parks, of course, um, in, in Midtown where Midtown Mo resides. <laughs> um, but but otherwise, though, where are the mosquitoes? Where do they get you? Like walking down the street, or is it when you're like in a park? For me, it's in, while I'm sleeping. They come out at night. Oh, so. as, soon as, as soon as I go to sleep, I wake up the next yeah. day and I have two bumps on one arm, another two bumps on another arm, another one on my back, another one on my shoulder. One bit me like right below my lip two days ago. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. It, it's, that's, that's just you're I, so damn. You're just so damn sweet, Mo. People just want to take a bite uh, out of you. Yeah. I, 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 I don't like that label, but <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's the deal. I'm gonna give you are you ready for this? And I just learned this a couple weeks ago. Our mosquitoes here have not been very bad this year, thank God, knock on wood. Um, but what you do, here's what you gotta do. You get you can buy, go to like a uh Dwayne Reed. See, I know my stores in New York, and get like a little mesh pouch, buy a bar of Irish spring soap. You ready? You with me so far? I'm with you. And then you go buy little uh, citronella oil, the oil, the actual oil. You take the bar of soap, you put it in the thing, you put citronella oil on top of the soap, it seeps into the soap, and it's a natural way to keep flies and mosquitoes away. You're welcome. Really? Yes. So put one in your room next to your bed so they leave you damn alone while you're sleeping. So is there, because you know, there are like 50 different brands of Irish Spring soap. Is there a specific... Same I more. I bought the 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 true brand version. Now, yeah, it could be a Dwayne Reed version, it could be a CVS version. I don't know, but I went with the real one because that's that's what I was told by a friend of mine who's like almost like a naturalist out camping and kayaking and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, dude, it works. Nice. You have to keep it in close proximity to you. So like put it right next to your bed uh and keep those buggers off you. Yeah. So we'll see. So we'll get a report back if Mo takes my advice. But anyway. So, so so there we go. We, we're giving you mosquito <laughs> repellent advice on this show, along with Raider opinion. Yeah. We Stop talking about mosquitoes. Talk about football. Okay, we will. But we're going to let you talk about football. So we're going to get to, by the way, Mo, uh, I saw your piece yesterday uh, up on uh, Bleacher Report, eight NFL players headed to make or break season. There were no Raiders on that list. 
But you had three quarterbacks on that list, which goes to our earlier conversation. Go read the story, by the way, by Mo. Keep track of the league, see what's going on. Um, but it goes back to the conversation about would you trade to get that number one quarterback. We've learned so many times. It's never guaranteed. So even if you get Caleb Williams, and yes, he looks like an amazing prospect. I think he'll be successful in the NFL. But you never know. And so that list that you did of those eight players, some big names on that list, including three quarterbacks. Right. And and just for full transparency, Trayvon Merrick was a consideration to go on that list because mm. I believe he is headed into a make or break year because if he doesn't perform up to par this year in his second year under Patrick Graham, they may move on from him or just sign a safety in the middle of the season. He may have to fade back into a reserve role. Yeah. But he didn't make the list simply because I tried to focus on big names, former first rounders or guys who are looking for a new contract. So the only second round, the only non first round pick on that list was JK Dobbins. He's a running mm -hmm. back who wants a new contract. Newsflash. He's probably not going to get it. <laughs> if you look at Josh Jacobs and Dalvin cook and Joe Mixon and Austin Eckler, the way they've been handled JK Dobbins, who doesn't, ha doesn't even have a thousand yard season on his resume. is not going to get a new contract, but to your point, it's all about the quarterback in this league. I know it's a complete team. Quarterbacks don't win and lose games by themselves. But it starts with the quarterback position because if you have a top-tier quarterback, if you get that transcendent quarterback, if you get that franchise player, then you can kind of skimp at other positions where you don't have to spend as much at wide receiver mm -hmm. or running back or your offensive line because you have a quarterback who's at his best and can move. Once you get that position figured out, like the Bengals had, and I know they had the first overall pick, like the Jaguars have, I know they had the first overall pick. Once you get that figured out, then you can kind of go from there and say, okay, let's now build around that quarterback and give him the best supporting cast so he can succeed. Absolutely. No. So make sure you go up there and read Mo's stuff on Bleacher Report. Mo, when is your Bleacher Report Live coming up? Bleacher Report Live is coming up on Monday, July 24th. That'll okay. be for contending teams. No disrespect to the Raiders, but they won't be discussed in that <laughs> live because they're not a they're not a Super Bowl contender. But I will have a Raiders specific live stream coming up Wednesday, July 26th. I'll talk about training camp battles as we briefly touched on today. What type of battle, what battles am I going to be looking at? And who do I think is going to come out on top and win those position battles? I just gave it away for the right guard position with Greg Van Roten. But mm -hmm. as you mentioned, there are a lot of battles on the defense that have to yeah. be decided. And I'll talk about that on wednesday and so mo begins the run on the treadmill uh of the nfl season as he does two lives and two shows with us next week and then of course as we get to we got about a month and a half left before we start going to our full schedule of shows as well once we get into the season and postseason uh so that'll be fun all right let's get to your mailbag questions we start off with our good friend jordan ford who's written into the show many times uh, from st louis missouri he says scott and mo what if we're all wrong about this season it seems like when Raider Nation has expectation, we always fail. But when we expect them to do horrible, they always win. So my question is, Jimmy G actually stays healthy. What is the record? My guess, 10-7, and seven, wild card win, one game in the playoffs. I hope you all have a great week. Again, that's Jordan Ford in St. Louis. We talked about expectations at the beginning of the show, um, and God bless Jordan. He says ten and seven. We have it the opposite direction, seven and ten, from a record perspective. But I also mentioned this earlier too, Mo. You know, things click and stuff just happens, and you never know. Yeah, as I said earlier, um, we're just giving opinions. No one obviously has a crystal Nobody. ball. I know I like to play Mastodamus at times, but no one actually <laughs> knows what's going to happen. So that's why I tell fans. 
you know, believe in your team, root for your team and yeah. expect your team to win games because we, we don't know the outcome yet. So the best thing you could do is, is be optimistic. If you're a fan who's emotionally attached and, you know, gets bummed after losses or overly excited after wins. But as you said, I have an opposite of Jordan. And I say seven to 10 instead of 10 and seven, even if Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy, simply because aside from Jimmy Garoppolo's injury history, I just don't think he's the quarterback that's going to take you over the top. Can he? Can he get a, a you know a complete football team to the playoffs? Sure, he can. We saw him do it with the 49ers. But the Raiders roster compared to the 49ers roster, I hate to say it, Raider fans, because I know the Bay Area beef back in the day was alive. But 49ers roster is pretty stacked. Raiders yeah. roster, specifically on defense, not stacked. So Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> doesn't have the same supporting cast that he had in San Francisco. So right. I don't expect the same winning outcomes that he had over in the Bay Area with the other team. Correct. And again, though, I will say the difference between seven and 10 and 10 and seven sometimes can be pretty, yeah. pretty narrow. It's and 10. so and so you could win three games you shouldn't really win and suddenly find yourself with 10 wins. And that's that's your point. Right. We're, we're not yeah. we don't know what the future is. So you could end up being right, Jordan, if everything yeah. clicks and goes well. And suddenly Tyree Wilson's defensive rookie of the year and I mean, has has 12 sacks. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could happen. And and so if that happens, then then it's it's uh, obviously a possibility. Really quick, I'll say this: Who had the Raiders going to the playoffs in 2021 <laughs> after John Gruden resigned, Rich Basaccia taking over? What happened with exactly. Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller missing a whole lot of time? Would mm-hmm. you have thought that team would have gone 10 and seven and gone to the playoffs? No, but they no did way. anyway. Because I remember writing pieces late that season, going over the playoff scenarios for the Raiders to make the playoffs, and people were like, "Mo, you're wasting your time writing these articles. <laughs> the Raiders are not going to the playoffs. This is when they were yeah. under 500." And then they went on a run, I believe won four straight games, go 10 and 7, go to the playoffs. So as to my point and to Jordan's email, anything can happen. So yeah. I, I wouldn't say 10 and 7 is impossible. I just don't think it's going to happen. Right. I think it's shout out to Jordan. Yes, Jordan's a good listener. We appreciate it. And thank you again for the mail. All right. On to our second question, uh, an email. It's from our good friend Gary Harkin Reader. We haven't heard Gary. from him in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, and he says, hi, Scott and Mo." As you know, I'm long-winded to get to my question. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, Gary. But Gary, but Gary, we appreciate it. We don't always read the full question sometimes because you'll you'll go on some, you'll make some points which are great. But I share them with Mo, and we're good. And I just want you to know you can write as long as you want. This time, I'll give you the question first: Which subordinate coach or coaches are on the hot seat? DZ and McDaniel's clearly of Mark Davis, so they're not going anywhere anytime soon. DZ and McDaniel's bring in players that they expect the coaching staff to forge coal into diamonds. So who's on the hot seat? All the best, Gary. Uh, P.S. If you've ever seen the movie Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross with Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin's a hotshot manager. He explains who he is. I've seen it as one of my favorite movies, actually. Gary, very funny. Um, he's telling him the ABCs always be closing, right? Because they're Have you seen the movie, Mo? I have not seen the movie. You got to add that movie. Great acting. He says, well, that's the mantra for the Raiders coaches. Always be coaching. Anyways, great movie. You can see the always be closing clip on YouTube. Not only that, but my favorite from that movie, and I say it all the time on the show, close, only closers get coffee, which is another line from the movie. So if you ever hear that, Mo, that's where it comes from. Because the guy, the salesman's not doing well, and he goes to get a cup of coffee, and Alec Baldwin yells at him, put that coffee down. He's like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, only closers get coffee. So Josh McDaniels gets no coffee until he can close out games. But Gary, to his question about hot seat coach, we talked about Patrick Graham earlier in the show. I think he's number one. No question. 
I think Patrick Graham is number one in among the position coaches, defensive backs coach Chris 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 Ash and yeah, Jason yeah. Simmons, who's the uh, defensive passing game coordinator. I think all three of those guys would be on the hot seat because they they're going to be expecting a lot of their secondary, especially if the if, if the front end of the pass rushers can't get to the quarterback. They're going to have to develop some young guys. If those guys don't show any promise, the defensive backs coach, the cornerbacks coach, and defensive coordinator all have to be on the chopping block, so to speak, or on the hot seat, I'll I'll say as a better term to use. Because the Raiders' defense, as we talked about, hasn't been good for how long? And at Mm -hmm. some point, you have to make make some strides on defense. It can't can't be all in the offense. Now, the, the Raiders have spent a lot of money on their offense, there has to be some balance. If you want to be a playoff team, if you want to be a contender, you got to have some roster balance and the defense has to step it up. Right. And they're not going to fire offensive coaches because Josh McDaniels is basically the offensive coach. Right. So it's not going to happen that way. Uh, and the Raiders defense has been deplorable. So you, you have to improve there. There has to be improvement. I'm not saying they're going to be a top 10 unit, but, but I think Gary that, yeah, that's exactly why we talked about it earlier in the show too. And always thank you for the question. Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross, amazing movie, amazing actors, and thank you, Gary. Uh, and it's funny because the get closers get coffee. I talk about it all the time, so it's good. All right. On to our final question for this edition of the, the Raider Nation Mailbag. Uh, comes to us from David in Las Vegas. Says, hey, guys, what's the deal with the stupid poll you put up this week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, trade Adams and Mad Max. Are you guys smoking something funny? No. Uh, those guys are franchise are the franchise right now. To me, they're both untouchable and should retire Raiders. Again, David in Las Vegas. David, thank you, and it's okay that you thought the poll stupid. I'm okay with that. Um, but as we talked about earlier, Mo, the, the, the issue is if the Raiders win two games next year, do you think they're going to be in a position to win a Super Bowl with Devontae Adams in the course of his career? My answer would be no. Uh, do you think Mad Max Crosby – with all, all as great as he is, and I'm not again. I'm not advocating they trade him. I'm saying it's in the realm of possibility. You brought up the the Mac and Cooper trades, which no one ever thought would happen either. My point is, if this goes from kind of rebuilding to a complete rebuild, then you have to. I mean, you have to consider it, not have to do it, but you have to consider it because you're in a position, just like every every product player, whatever you want to talk about, they have a shelf life. And while Mad Max is early in his career, and I love the guy, Devontae Adams, if, if they go, if they win two games, I w- if I'm him, I'm like, yeah, guys, can we figure out how I get out of here? I'm going to go win before my career is over. David, uh, I want David to listen closely because, like I said, <laughs> when, when tweets go out and, and polls go out, people um, read them and just kind of react to them. But mm-hmm. there's, there's, a, there's a context behind that. And as I explained earlier in this show, the way I frame that question to Scott is if the Raiders want Khalid Williams, let's say they want Khalid Williams, they they go three and 14, but they're not mm-hmm. bad enough to get Khalid Williams outright. So they got to trade up to get him. If you can get Khalid Williams, but you have to sacrifice or trade, g- trade Max Crosby or Devontae Adams, would you do it? If you are, if you are a person who's high, because a lot of fans have said it plenty of times this offseason already. Tank for Cleet Williams. Tank for Cleet Williams. Tank for Cleet Williams. Part of tanking sometimes is trading one of your best assets. players. Yes, yes. Trading assets to move up. So if you're not, if you don't have the number one overall pick, you're not going to get Cleet Williams with the fifth pick. Right. Just not going to happen. 
So you're going to have to move up for that quarterback, for that quarterback you think can change your franchise. And to do that, you're going to have to give up something to get it. And all I'm right. saying is that if you want Khalid Williams, if you're a fan out there who says tank, 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 get Khalid Williams, fix our quarterback position for the long term, I'm asking those people, would you mm -hmm. give up Max Crosby or Devonta Adams to get it? And also, as I said earlier, if we got up on this show and said the Raiders are going to trade Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper within months of each other, fans would have called a stupid, oh, what are you smoking? Are you dumb? <laughs> John Gruden did exactly that in a rebuild. Right. So now, what I'm saying is that, really quick, Scott, yeah, don't go. while it sounds stupid now, as you said, the if the season goes south and the Raiders are bad but not bad enough to get the quarterback of their choice, you have to believe that it could happen. Correct. So, so yes, you must bookmark this conversation <laughs> and save it so we can come back and say, hey, we didn't want it to happen, but it could. But, but, but now put yourself in those shoes. So now you're your general manager, Maurice Moten, because if you were a high flute in position like that, you'd use your full name. Yeah. Um, so GM Maurice Moten, uh, your team is now in a position where you're going to miss the playoffs. You've only won three games. Your, your tenderfoot quarterback went down again. You got Aiden O'Connell. It doesn't look like he's going to be the answer full term. Um, what do you do if you get to that point in the season? We, and somebody calls you and says, hey, we want Mad Max. During the season or after the season? After the season. If you want Matt, if a team calls me for Mad Max, Max Crosby, and you get Devon the Adams, it, it's the Arizona Cardinals or whoever has the number one pick. I need to get the number one overall pick and and a player and another premium pick. Not just right. number one overall pick. It yeah, needs to be price. a blockbuster trade. This is similar to what happened with the Bears and the Carolina Panthers. Now, they gave up mm -hmm. DJ Moore. He's not a star. No. He's not, a, he's not on Devontae Adams' level, of course. And this is why I say I would need more than the number one overall pick because Devontae Adams is, is arguably the top wide receiver Ruben. in the game. Yes, so it's going to cost you more than just the number one overall pick. I want another player of significance and another premium pick if I'm giving up Devontae or Max Crosby because Max Crosby, let's be honest, is a defensive player of the year candidate. Yeah. So I'm giving up one of my cornerstone players in a blockbuster deal. I need more than it has again, it has to be multiple picks, not just huge. a number one overall pick, multiple picks. And again, I'm not saying that I would push for this. I'm not no, shopping. No, no. No, I'm no. not saying that I'm sh I would shop Max Crosby or Devontae no. Adams. But if the team picking first says we don't need a quarterback. We're trading the pick. We're open for business. And they call me. I say, okay, I'll, I'll do the trade, but I need more than just number yeah. one. So I can get my quarterback and possibly get that quarterback a wide receiver if I give up Devontae Adams or an edge rusher if I give up Max Crosby. And I agree with you 100%. You have to be open to any possibilities, especially if it goes – now, hopefully that doesn't never happen, so you don't have to even consider right. it, right? That's, that's, that's what I hope happens because – if, if it goes that bad, there's going to be a lot of peop, angry people that we got to talk to on the show every week, and it's less fun. When you guys are in a good mood, it puts us in a better mood. So selfish reasons, I want the Raiders to do well as well. But uh, we'll see how it all rolls out. But, but David, thank you for the, for the uh, feedback on the, the, the poll. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. And, again, if you want to mail us and get your question or comment on the air, it can be a comment. doesn't have to necessarily be a question. Mail us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Or hit us up on our Twitter handles. Go ahead, Mo. Quick point to David and anyone else, again, who, who didn't like the poll. Here's the thing in the NFL, right? Would you rather have a franchise quarterback 
or a top edge rusher or wide receiver? To me, the answer is a no-brainer. You'd rather Easy. have a franchise quarterback because I'm sure the Bengals would rather have Joe Burrow than the best wide receiver in the league. I'm sure the right. Jacksonville Jaguars would rather have Trevor Lawrence than the best edge rusher in the league or, or Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's right. a fantastic player. You don't trade Aaron Donald. But if you're choosing between Aaron Donald and Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence, you take the franchise quarterback. No-brainer. Right. And I understand people's point of view that, but well, you could draft the quarterback number one. There's no guarantee he'll be a franchise quarterback. Well, right. that's true. That's of every player. I mean, Max Crosby was a fourth round draft pick. Who, who, right. who would have thought? I, I didn't think he would be a defensive player of the year candidate in his career. He proved us all wrong. He's an amazing player. He worked his ass off to do it. Okay. Nothing is guaranteed. But in the NFL, I'm sorry, to your point, Mo, it is a quarterback driven league. You have got to address the quarterback position. I don't think the Raiders can wait three years to address the quarterback position. They got to do it in the next, I mean, next, next class, 2024 draft class is very good. So you have to make a move, something you have to do something to get a quarterback, uh, I believe, high in the draft next year. So we'll see. But hopefully they can do it a different way and don't have to part ways with either one of those players. So we'll see how it all ends up. All right. That's going to close it out for this edition of. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Of course, the rookies are in camp today. Veterans report next week. Mo, anything coming up uh, besides the Bleacher Report lives we talked about? Anything coming up uh, that people need to be on the lookout for as it comes to your writing duties? I actually had an article on Sports Not Go Up late Wednesday or the middle of the day Wednesday. Running mm -hmm. backs who can seize opportunities in the absence of Josh Jacobs. It wasn't out when the show, when we recorded this, but it's out now up on Sports Not. I talk about all the running backs that are on the roster right now, mm. all of them backups. Uh, most of them had some time in the preseason last year, but didn't get any carries or not many carries because Josh Jacobs completely went off and had a career year. But those guys will have an opportunity to run with the stars. And I think one of those guys or two of those guys can have a significant or a decent workload, even if Josh Jacobs reports back, because Deshaun Reed of the Athletics said that he expected Zamir White to have a sizable role regardless of what happens with Josh Jacobs. So I think Zamir White is obviously in the mix. The Ridge drafted him in the fourth round last year, but I think people need to take a look at guys like Britton Brown and Sincere McCormick and maybe Austin Walter as a third down pass catching running back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Make sure you go up and read it on sportsnot.com. Mo tweets it out. So if you want to find it probably faster and easier, you can find it there as well. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your audio. Go ahead, hit subscribe, put on the auto download. That way, every time we push a new show, it's there for you as well. Subscribe on YouTube, hit the notifications bell. And also want a big a shout out and thanks to our great producer, Mike Robier, part of our Odyssey team. Great, doing great work for us, not only here with the audio, but also with the video and the social yeah. cuts you see, which people seem to... To totally dig which is awesome and get a little a taste for what we're talking about on the show and certainly uh do we've got a lot of good feedback on yesterday's conversation or i should say tuesday's conversation on josh jacobs so at least we get it right every once in a while um but there's always people who don't think it's right but anyway it's good we love we love the discussion always respectful disagreement we appreciate that too and uh we appreciate all of you so mo have a good one man we will talk to you again on tuesday Talk to you on Tuesday, and by then I'll be back, as you said, back on the wheel, back in the rhythm of things. <laughs> Training camp will be here. Football is back. Yes. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend, Raider Nation. Again, for Mike Robbie, the producer, for Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Take care, everybody.